Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am blowing everybody's mind by releasing something out of the release schedule. Wow. Exciting, amazing, awesome. Because over the course of the past year or so, I've got a lot of feedback from different people, listeners of the show, friends, etc., being like, hey, I want some different stuff, not just the typical interview Q&A that you kind of do with people, which is something I am never going to give up. So don't worry, this isn't a shift in format. I'm going to be doing some bonus stuff. So you will maybe be getting two episodes a week, one being the normal, typical show that you were used to, and another one being kind of, uh, you know, after dark, left of center, whatever you want to call it, but I'm going to call it bonus. So this is an episode of all recommendations. A lot of you have asked for that for quite some time. And, uh, you know, I kind of do that with some of my friends when we do a year-end podcast, kind of wrapping up our favorite records of the year. Uh, and those of you that haven't checked them out, dive into the archives. There's uh, two of them. And it's really fun. I mean, it's like a two-hour-long episode, so there's a lot of stuff to listen to in there. Anyways, a contributor to the show, Scott Arnold, one of my close friends, he recently got married. And so about maybe a week or so before he got married, I wanted to talk about cool stuff that he was into because he is the type of guy that gets into stuff that isn't uh, typical, you know, stuff that you you and your friends may be like, oh, yeah, here's the new record by popular band A, B, and C. And it's like, no, he kind of gets into stuff that, uh, like I said, it's a little bit left of center. And that's why I love having conversations with him. So without further ado, here is a nice long chat I had with Scott at his apartment before he got married, talking about records, talking about movies, talking about books, a bunch of fun stuff. So consider this your bonus episode, and I will talk to you uh, in a few days when the regular episode gets released. And this show is always produced by Tom Richfield, no matter what it is. So this one's a little more raw, so he doesn't do as much editing to it or sound amplification, as it were. So don't let that reflect on him. Any lack of audio quality is on my end. But yeah, we, you know, that's a little precursor. Just wanted to get that out of the way. But here's my discussion with Scott, and I will talk to you, yeah, in a few days when the regular episode gets released. Here's some more bonus episodes. It's been a long time, Scott Arnold, but the audience has spoken. They need recommendations. They need cultural criticism. They need to be pointed in the right directions. And you are a man of the world, as I always label you. I've been around the world looking for recommendations. You've been amassing a, a list of, of cultural touchstones. Right. Because the one thing I also like about your recommendations is the fact that typically speaking 90% of the stuff that you recommend you it stays with you in the sense of like you will be like either listening to that or like that'll it'll still be on your mind whereas a lot of people I think the sort of gut recommendation is to be like oh man I love this thing that I just saw or consumed an hour ago mm -hmm. and then in six months that's like completely gone from there yeah so yeah good yeah, job if you, you look at my you have a high latency I was going through my last FM okay. to pick out music. So I looked at like my six-month window, my year-long window. Okay. Rick Ross. Sure. Drake. And The National. <laughs> <laughs> it's very... Uh, That's it. It's very consistent. Yeah. That's good, though. You're, you are a suburban gangster, as you always have been. Yes. <laughs> but as I've... As we'll talk about, I've gotten into the hi-fi audio game. Yes, you have. So... It's kind of pushed me to explore new music. Okay. To see the different textures that are layered within mm -hmm. other styles of music. Well, where do you want to start these things off? Do you want to do uh, some music recommendations? Sure. All right. Tell me, tell me what you've been listening to. Tell me what the, the world needs to consume. The first 
is going to be my record of the year. I've already said it. Oh, set in stone, 2014. Set in stone okay. In July. Okay. And the artist is Cloud Boat. Oh, yes. And the record is Model of You. Okay. And it just came out. Yes, just came out two, like two weeks ago, right? Two, three weeks ago? Um, no, this week. Oh, this week? The single came out a while ago. Oh, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about Cloud Boat. I don't yeah. know what they look like if it's more than one guy. It's an awesome name, Cloud Boat. It is a good name. And there's no misspellings in there, which is great. Nope. But there is a pseudo-nautical reference, clouds, nature, like... Yeah. It's, uh... Which is something we've complained about in the past. Every band being from the beach. Well, and... that's okay. <laughs> see if they're European. It's like a contemporary Peter Gabriel. Okay. I could see younger, that. Younger. A little sure. younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are from the UK. Okay. Very... Two guys. Two guys, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. I, they struck me as a, as a band, not just a bedroom project. It's out on Apollo Records. I don't know anything about it. They've done some Apex Twin records, the first ones. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I like that record as well. I listened to this single. That's why I thought the record came out a while ago. That single someone sent me on RDO, our favorite streaming service. The only streaming service. The only streaming service as far as we're concerned. And yeah, it was. what was the name of the single? I can't remember the... uh, it's like the second or third song on the record. Oh, Carmine? Carmine, or I think that's it. Carmine Hideaway? I think, yeah, I think that's it. Regardless, but it was one of those songs where it was like, because so much falls into that sort of like dream pop, atmospheric, like there's, I mean, almost every week there's like three records that have a cover that like, oh, that's in that category. Yeah. Without even listening to what, it. What is the label? Um, captured Tracks. Oh, totally. But this was like immediately stood out because there was more um, catchiness, and I think that's where the Peter Gabriel influence yeah. that you're talking about. It's like it's not just kind of like meandering, like nice to listen to background music, mm-hmm. but like this had more. I agree, it had more to latch onto. So in the same vein, okay, there's another record that came out like two weeks ago that's uh, got a lot of heat behind it. Okay, you say in the music industry, yes, it's buzzing right now. Okay, it's buzzing. It's a heart attack. Okay, but have you heard of this? I have not listened to it. No. It's a, it's a ghostly international record. Oh, okay. You are a strong, strong supporter. Strong of, supporter. Right. Um, but it's spelled weird. It's uh, H-T... I don't even, Maybe it's not a heart attack. H-T-R-K. The Turk. Her, okay. H-A-R-T. Okay. And it's called the Psychic 9 to 5 Club. Okay. And s- similar vein, like... Would, similar vein, uh, dancier. Okay. A little more electronic, because that's kind of what... Yeah. They're American. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff is stuff I'll listen to while I'm working. Right. It's good, good, solid work good music. Focus music. Sure. Yeah. To where, it'll, to where it supplements what you're doing as opposed to distracting you. Yes. This is the, um, I was reading the Thursday singer. Oh, yeah. Um, he did an interview. Jeff Rickley, yeah. With, um, probably a former guest, I imagine. He, he actually has not appeared in the okay. podcast. Yeah. We've spoken about it. Edit that out. No, it's, it's, that's it. Um, he wrote like some big editorial about this record. He really liked it. Oh, on that website, like the Talk House, right? I think. Um, I think that's where artists speak about. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So that inspired you? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was way into the HTRK game before. Before that. that. Anyway. That just added to the, uh, the, the, the enjoyment of it. I'm trying to find out where they're from. I have no idea. I don't dive deep anymore. Well, you've, never, you've, you've never really no. dove deep in general. You're, you're, you're a victim of the internet culture. You have no context for these people creating things. No, it's just a square on RDO. <laughs> and 
and hopefully if it gets through new releases, then it's... Uh, hopefully it's in the, in the top, like, seven columns, yeah. then you'll, you'll check it out. Yeah, if not, it's... Once, yeah. once you start to get to the uh, El Mariachi music, that's when you're like, ooh, like, uh, this is deep cuts. Yeah, I'd love to know what happens to these bottom records. <laughs> well, nothing. They just get put... They're, they're hosted on a server, and that's essentially it. Well, um, that, I think that'll do it for the, the musical recommendations of this, this section, so thank you for that. As you know, I have a deep love of Drake. You do. Initially, wasn't into it. Yeah, but then you you lambasted me, my friend. I did. I think I think he. I can't remember if it was you or uh, our our fellow friend and former podcaster Joey Cahill that took a harder stance on me for liking Drake's first record. Joey absolutely hates Drake. Okay, so he he definitely yeah you're you're a little bit softer. There's the Drake. Have you seen the Drake Shake app? No, I haven't seen that. So it's called Drake Shake, and you import a picture. And you shake it, and then there's a bunch of different pictures of Drake, so you can like you resize can them. Okay, I've seen the the end result. Didn't know that was an app. Yes, um, Joey sent me a picture of his child, and I put Drake on his child. And oh yeah, he was not happy about Can that. Cut off all communication. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so being being so a large fan of Drake. That said, and Canada's ambassador, um, he Drake doesn't put out a lot of records. It takes he, his time. He does. He, he does it perfectly every time, but it takes time to do that. I agree. There's another guy who goes by the name How to Dress Well. Oh, yes. Are you familiar with this? I'm very familiar. It's definitely whiter. Oh, by far. A hundred times whiter and it's yes. about relationships and girls. Yes. But it's awesome. I agree. So, white guy R&B. Yes. Um, sings really well. A little, I, I mean, I would definitely feel comfortable putting him more so in the indie rock world. Like, I never, I wouldn't immediately, until you mentioned it, I wouldn't have immediately made a correlation. No? No. No, I wouldn't have. been. I mean, like the, you know, whatever. The Frank Ocean sexy R and B, sexy R and B. That's a really good. Yeah, I wouldn't have immediately put that in there. I would have, I would have put him more, like I said, in the in the indie rock world. But I see your, I see the comparison that you're making. Like it's yeah. not unfounded. Yeah, it's electronic. It's definitely from like the Pitchfork world. Right, right, right. I really, yeah, I like the record too. I okay. think it's really it's good. Yeah. I think he put it out on his own. I think he Domino did. imprint. Mm-hmm. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. So. He's been hustling for a while. I mean, his name. One of my coworkers, he's very good friends with him, and he was just telling me like he's like yeah when you I mean he still even though he tours larger venues now he still I mean it's, since it's just him he just stays with friends he's not like the hotel guy yet uh, okay so it's like that's great I mean I'm sure he is in certain cities yeah. but I'm sure in like L A he's probably like hey I'll, hey old friend I'll stay with you yeah I, I saw a live video of him and he he does it well it's awesome he can do it live that's Sings good really well I look I don't know anything about army but I love it. Yeah, well, we should go see him when he, when he performs. Okay, that is that. What 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 other record? Three of six for the summer. These are all summer themed. Okay, got it. Massive record called "The War on Drugs." Oh. Is it self-titled? No. Uh, considering that, "Lost in the Dream." Thank you. So this is like a stoner '70s rock record. Tom Petty worship. Yes. The not pop Tom Petty. No, 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 no. Earlier Tom Petty. I, I adore this record. This could be my favorite record of the year because mm-hmm. I've listened to it so much because it seems to fit like every mood. Mm-hmm. It's like if I, it's not aggressive by any means, but it's like, I don't feel like I'm like drifting off to sleep if I'm listening to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's enough guitar work engaged to it. Have you listened to his old stuff? Or No, uh, I did. I, just a little bit, but I didn't it's not listen like, to it. Too. Yeah, I didn't find like... I immediately, I never listened to this band because of the band name, because like War on Drugs, it's just like, oh, whatever. Awful band name. Totally. One of the worst. And so I never listened to it, but then this, yeah, this record just, I was like, holy shit, like, 
I watched their, um, it was like a live on YouTube record release show. It was boring. Really? Boring really? They're, they're very accomplished musicians. And right. It sounds just like the record, but. I think that's the, the, the biggest barrier for me feeling like I've like crossed over into sort of like adulthood music mm-hmm. because I feel like we've been spoiled to watch bands that are like kinetic and like have a lot of energy on stage. Right, where the the music was almost like it was a soundtrack to what was what was happening. But it was secondary. Like you, if, sure. If they weren't great musicians, it's yeah, almost better. Totally, totally. They're not worrying about it. Right, right. This and it's so weird because it's like now these records that I like feel so connected to musically. I feel I don't feel anything else beyond just being like that's a really good record. Mm-hmm. And then like I never, I always have that question in my head. I'm like. Do I really want to see this person? Like, do I really want to see Wild Nothing? Do I really want to see? And I'm, I, I, I know the answer to my question of Wild Nothing. No, they're really, really boring live. Yeah, I watched him on the Coachella stream. I was like, oh, I can't, yeah, I can't even get through this. Totally. I saw. I watched that, and it was. I had a weird experience that night because I saw Wild Nothing at the Glass House, and then walked across the street to watch Phoenix play at the Fox Theater in Pomona, and it was like Wild Nothing. I was just like, oh, that's cute. You guys are not even remotely like a band where watching Phoenix, you're just like, okay, that's a real band. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I feel like that, that is the last barrier for me to be like, man, I just want, like, I don't need a band to be like flipping guitars or, you know, doing anything that's like looks weird in context of the music, but it's like, like Beach House, they have a very well thought out like stage plot. They have a very well thought out like production. Yeah. I think there's a, a middle ground where you're on the rise as one of those bands. You put out like a record that's done um, unexpectedly well yeah. but you may you might not have the budgets to like build like I don't play know, around with yeah. that has like these light shows and trees and all kinds of crazy stuff because yeah. that ultimately like it sucks to say but it's like ultimately that's the most engaging thing is the app because most of this stuff is total mood music right mood that is created in a venue is going to be directly related to how the band presents themselves mm-hmm. if they're just getting up on stage and literally performing their record yeah it's like well, like, I guess that's cool. Right. It's it's like drinking music, you know. Yeah. Clearly, that you know we're not either you or I are hanging out the bar, like right. Yeah. So, but I love that record regardless. Yes. <laughs> that all being said, yes. This other record, yes. Next, this upcoming record comes from Spain. There's a few songs with vocals, and they're in English, and they are called Oso Leon. Hmm, I'm not heard. Incredible. Okay. It's a it's smooth jazz plus explosions in the sky. Oh, okay. And smooth jazz, smooth jazz sounds terrible, obviously. Right, but but done artfully. I would say <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, there's no horns or anything, but it's um, it flows really well. Okay. And the record's called Mogogoro. Oh, Mogogora. okay. Okay. Sort of accent on there. Spanish thing. Right. <laughs> Probably already. Already, yeah. Phone records. F O E H N. Okay. Interesting. You'd love it. You'd absolutely love it. You will have to send it to me over audio so I can adjust it. So sometimes when you're working, you're tired. Driving, you need to stay awake. Recently gotten into dance music. Oh, yeah. Kind of not into it, but right. I'll put it on. When I it serves away. a purpose it, in your life. Yes. Okay. Not the intended purpose by the artist, but I make <laughs> to keep it my you own. awake, sure. And the, the hottest dance jam of the summer is by a guy named Todd Tarje. Not familiar. No? No. Is he burning up the... Uh... The charts, so to speak, or just the... Uh... I have looked a little into him, and it <laughs> turns out he was like a notable producer for other bands. Okay. and That's he... where they all start, right? Right. Kanye. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. Yeah. yeah. Pharrell. Yeah. Timbaland. So his record, I guess he's been um, he's been working for other people this entire time, and his 
debut record is called. It's album time. Okay. It is album time. Nice little name. Yes. Just get your foot tapping. Okay. It's awesome. Like, is it uh, sort of four on the floor club music? Like getting the getting the party started, or is it like um, more of a uh, you know? Uh, I don't have the vocal. Your the vocabulary. The, yeah, the vocabulary to describe like dance music. I know there's like nine thousand subgenres. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't expect you to dissect it. That sorry, much. I feel like not much of an expert. <laughs> Check it out. Okay, it's Scandinavian. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that gives it a proper context too. That okay, is, that is not just you know dirt, dirty South rap or something like that. And the next one, you probably heard it. It's okay. um, sort of a My Bloody Valentine worship band. Okay, a sunny day in Glasgow. I, I listened. I listened to the record once. See when absent. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You like it? Yep. Yeah. I listened to it once. I haven't like give it given it the pr- proper listen because I just did a little background. Do you look forward to these records at all? Or do you like, give a list of what's coming up? I don't know. There are very few records that like I know are coming out in the sense of oh man, I know October we're gonna see this thing. <clears throat> I mean, besides like I mean the sort of like indie music world, I have a. Not only do I professionally need to pay attention to what's happening, but I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, the anticipation definitely, I think that comes with age where it's like, oh my God, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Usually my, like if I have some sort of, you know, business or professional interest in record, I'm like, oh man, I can't, I really can't wait for people to listen to this thing that yeah. comes out. But I don't, I don't necessarily keep tabs on like, man, this record is going to come out and I can't wait for it. Like people that, you know, have a list of like, oh, here's my 20 records that I'm anticipating for 2015 or something like mm-hmm. that. I never put any time into that. The reason I bring that up is because this was like the only record I knew was coming. Okay. I was looking forward to it. Okay. What was it? This record. Oh, that record. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't, I don't know anything about them. Like they, they had a lot of hype. This is their first full length or is this? No. They've done stuff before? I think this is their big like Debut. world I'm here. Okay. It's like a tiny, tiny label still though. Left C. Mm, no idea. <clears throat> They're from the states, though, yeah. Or are they from the UK? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. I apologize. I can tell they are from Philadelphia and Brooklyn, of course. Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Yeah, probably just have a PO box in Brooklyn, <laughs> so they can write that on their Wikipedia. <laughs> of course, that's perfect. So, but that was your, this was your. It's awesome. Okay. Okay, I'll it. I'll pay more attention to it. And there's one more late entry, just coming in okay. as I browse my collection. Okay. Lust for life. I'm listening to that. International. Lust for Life International? Or the Jack- record's called International. Okay. It's um, Sacred Bones. Um, I think it's like two or three guys. It's another sort of electronic. This is, these are great recommendations for people that don't need to listen to your latest punk and or hardcore thing. Yeah, sorry. That's what you're here for. Okay. You're a man of the world. You're not, a, you're, you're not heading to the Warp Tour and being like, hey guys, you need to check out the newest Issues record or whatever. Issues, no. Yeah, exactly. The Bane record's awesome. You like the Bane I record. love the Bane record. It's a good record. Pierced my top 10 in my uh, last FM. Oh, nice. That's yeah. good. Well, what, what other, uh, do you have any other recommendations that fall outside the musical uh, in genres? Life. Oh. In life. I do. I have some movies to watch. It's a documentary about Whitey Bulger. Oh, yes. On that Netflix. Came out. Yeah. Have you seen that? Mm-mm, I haven't watched it yet. I'm not from Boston or the East Coast or anything, but I've followed it. And uh, it seemed like a pretty bad guy. Yes. And the cool thing about the movie was... Um, I think The Departed's based a little bit on it, mm-hmm. or inspired by it. Yeah. And the documentary was shot along Boston, and it mostly interviews the victims, of, or the siblings of the victims and the loved ones. Mm-hmm. But it really looked like um, The Departed. Oh, wow. All the scenes were just... That's cool. Not a nice guy. No. Caught locally here in Santa Monica. Yes. 
Whitey Bulger, right? Bulger, yeah. yeah. The movie's called Whitey USA, which James Bulger. Another documentary. Mm-hmm. It's called The Woman Who Wasn't There. I'm not Are you familiar sure. with this? Mm-mm. So 9-11 happened and everyone was freaked out. All the victims got together and had like a support group. Okay. The group was recognized by like the city and all kinds of people. So they like formed our little hierarchy and they contributed to like the museum that was being built. Okay. And this one woman who she had the story of the guy she was engaged to was on like the 20th floor and he died. She was also on the like 120th floor and she felt the plane hit the building and she passed out. She knew she was all bloody and burned and stuff. And she passed out and um, she was taken downstairs by a firefighter. Wow. So she was like this really nice, like gregarious, outgoing woman. Mm -hmm. She makes friends with all the people and she's like, she becomes the president of the club, kind of slowly picking off the people ahead of her, who these other victims. So like the president, she made up a lie about him and he got dismissed from the club. Okay. Turns out. She was not there. She was not there. There was no husband. Wow. And she was a Spanish woman from Barcelona who just, she's done this before in other ways. And Wow. Yeah. She's a grifter. It's awesome. The last, well, I don't want to give it away. Yeah, no, no, no spoilers, right? Last, I think it's after the, the, uh, the credits. Uh-huh. Stick around. Oh, wow. Oh, there's a little, what do they call those? A little, uh, burners. I can't remember. I don't know what <laughs> there's some called. There's some terminology in regards to that. Yeah. It was awesome. Okay. And wh- where do people consume that? Is it on Netflix or is it on... Netflix. Okay. Have you um, seen the movies in theaters? No, I don't go to theater anymore. <laughs> Sorry. You don't need to apologize. Um, how else have I seen? I saw this Nicolas Cage movie who, you know... Nicolas Rage? Cage. No. Okay. You'd think Nicolas Cage would be awful. Sure. First words. Um, it's called Joe. Okay. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. It's Nicolas Cage. He's living in the South and I don't know what he's doing there. I don't think he's from there. But he's uh, he's a contractor, and he meets this uh, local kid, or he runs a contracting business, so he's hiring day laborers and stuff. Okay. And he meets a local kid whose dad's like a drunk and kind of needs a mentor figure. And this kid is uh, 12 or 13, and he hires him, and his drunk dad doesn't like it. Oh. Chaos ensues. Really? Yeah. But it's really like artfully done. Interesting. I mean, it's not like the way that you were describing it. sounds like vague premise of like mud. Like you know, Very, very yeah, yeah, similar yeah. vibe. Check it out. That's awesome. I've seen two movies that I think are worthy of your time. Go ahead. A movie called Snowpiercer. Oh, the train thing? Yes. I saw a trailer for it. That is... Tell I mean, me why. It was, it was only, it was, I mean, it was only in theater for maybe like a week or so. Because mm-hmm. their whole thing was video on demand. But, and that's where people can What do you think of that? Video on demand. Yeah. I love it. I've I've watched the uh, Roger Ebert Life itself documentary mm. like that, mm-hmm. um, and I was I was like, yeah, I'll pay seven dollars to watch it right now. Mm. Like, why? You know, I, mm-hmm. I I wasn't gonna rally up a babysitter and be like, oh, hey, Kate, let's go check out this documentary. Which like that in and of itself, she'd be like, oh, I don't like, I don't want to go to the movie theater watch a documentary. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I I think it's for movies that don't have massive marketing budgets and when i say massive i mean they, just to take it to market it's like you know 40 to 50 million dollars just to market a movie in yeah. order to get like the general awareness out there mm-hmm. so like a movie like snowpiercer 100 percent benefits from that because the word of mouth is so extremely positive mm-hmm. and people have such a good experience watching the movie that that is only going to increase people's interest in the movie you yeah. know and the people that need to watch the movie the people that are going to be loud about saying this is amazing you need to watch this um, so yeah, I loved it. 
I, I went to the theater to watch it because I felt like I needed a big screen experience with it. Really? Saw it again? Yeah. Well, no, I, I didn't see it oh, on video oh, on demand because okay. I just went to the theater, saw it, and then like I saw a week later that it was on iTunes. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. But, it's impossible, but it'd be neat to run an experiment where you see how a movie would do if it was in the theaters. And even though it doesn't have the marketing budget, yeah. if it would somehow make, you know, makes X amount of dollars. Yeah. And then on iTunes, put them out together and see how much it made together. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it's like such a, that'd be such a difficult experiment, but there's a business model for it now to where it's just like, okay, yeah. there, there's precedent that's set. There has to be some sort of business uh, interest in the fact that like, why would you even do this? Yeah. Did you, um, did you contribute to that Zach Braff movie? Mm-mm. I could care less about him. So why? <laughs> I, you, I mean, you didn't like Scrubs? I mean, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, Garden State, Garden State came out so long ago that I'm just like, it has no emotional relevance to me anymore. Soundtrack's great. In fact, he can pull Justin Vernon out of semi-imposed retirement to or, make yeah. a song for it. Or, you know, Coldplay song. <laughs> sure, that's... I don't know if that... Yeah. yeah. I was asking because we... Contributed to it. Jen and I contributed. Yes. Jen contributed to your, it. Your fiancé. Yes, fiancé. Um, the window... I, I had unsubscribed from the Kickstarter emails because they were, like, not mm-hmm. two a day, but... Yeah. They were it often was, enough where it got annoying, and right. I took the effort to unsubscribe. And then I'm like, oh, it's coming out soon. I think we get to watch it. I thought we had bought tickets to go see it in the theater, but we didn't. It was a digital stream. Oh, yeah. And then... Which I heard is one of the worst experiences ever. I don't know, because they gave us like one day. To, or when I turned my emails back on, I figured out, I'm like, <clears throat> we can watch it Friday. Okay. And then it shut off. And we were busy Friday, so we didn't get to watch it. Bummer. Yeah. That sucks. That, yeah. Thanks, Zach Braff. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for screwing the pooch on that one. Yeah. Um, but you should watch Snowpiercer. It's, it's an Snow incredible... Piercer. Because it, it's one of those things where it's it's difficult for the movie business-wise to get out there because it's not a sequel, it's not a pre-existing property, it's not a well-known director. There's like so many things against it. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. fact that Chris Evans, Captain America, was like, hey, Captain America sequel, you're going to have to bump back your production a few months because I have to do this movie. Is that how it... That's how it happened. Wow. Um, and so... The movie's incredible. It's because it, it, I mean, it's in the same way that a movie like District Nine or The Matrix, where it's just like it takes this world, builds it up to where you don't really get a sense of they're like, okay, we're going to do more movies like this. It's just like, no, this is this insane normal premise setting up this insane world, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's incredible. You would definitely, definitely okay. like it. Anything else? Uh, there's a movie, there was an interesting movie I watched called Only Lovers Left Alive. It's a Jim Jarmusch movie, so he's like the purveyor of, of very uh, m- moody movies where it's like the movie doesn't necessarily go anywhere, oh. but aesthetically it's cool. Like he did that uh, Dead Man with Johnny Depp a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, anyways, so this is with Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston, who's Loki, mm-hmm. just referencing Avengers mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. They're vampires. They've been alive forever and ever and ever. I mean, since like the 14th century. And you, essentially the whole movie, it's like about two hours. It's just you hanging out with vampires. Like there's really no point to it besides it's really, really cool to see how they live. Mm-hmm. Like this Tom Hiddleston plays a, he's evolved into this like mythic musician where it's like he, no one knows where he lives or like what he does, but he just occasionally in every few years like puts out something mm-hmm. and the world is like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's just interesting to see the premise of like, how would a vampire set up his life to be like, 
how how do they exist in the real world for years and years? I mean, hundreds and is hundreds it a new of movie? years. Yeah, it's only out. lovers left alive. Uh huh. And okay. it has a really really cool soundtrack because they uh, Jim Jarmusch and some of his other fellow uh, like some of the other guys that worked on the movie they did the whole soundtrack together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's great. So yeah, it was. It's one of those things where it's a, if you like movies that specifically evoke a mood mm-hmm. and don't necessarily want, you don't have to worry about like the story where it's like where's this plot twist or where is this going to go? It's like, it's just hanging out. So if you like that experience, I highly encourage it. Okay. Because I enjoyed it. Uh, the only movie that I'm like, I've earmarked that I am extremely excited about is Gone Girl. Oh yeah. That looks incredible. They released a full trailer. I don't know, maybe about a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. Mm. Um, I just read the book off of Yes. My recommendation. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> Jen read it, right? Jen read it. Sister read it. It's great. Everyone's got Gone Girl fever. It's good. It's perfect timing. Yeah. But yeah, the movie looks really, really... I mean, it's David Fincher. He yeah. knows what he does. He knows, knows what he's doing. He handles dark subject matter well. Mm-hmm. I, I predict I will fully, fully enjoy it. So that's the only movie I have, like, earmarked. Okay. Know. Okay. Have you seen the trailer for the... I don't know if it's the last Philip Seymour Hoffman movie, but the it's called A Most Wanted Man. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. It's like a uh, European-Russian spy movie. Okay. And he's, like, part of the German intelligence. It looks awesome. I think every movie that has Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, like that's running out, like you know, that's basically just being, like, yeah, is going to be, it's going to be, billed in some capacity. One of his last roles, because like there's a movie that came out earlier in the year where I think he had a small role. Uh, I don't even, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a, yeah, it came out earlier this year. Hmm. Um, I just, I remember there's Cars, <laughs> but I, yeah. that, I don't think that's a central plot point or anything. It's not like Fast and the Furious Seven. Is that you, it for movies, Ray? Yeah, we can move on. All right, podcast. Of course. What do you got? What do I have? What's hot right now? Well, I'm excited to, uh, this will be in upcoming episodes, but I'll have two episodes where I interview hosts of, of very popular podcasts that have connections to the musical world mm-hmm. of 99% Invisible and Song Exploder. So that's, the, both of those podcasts are incredible. Uh, I don't think there's been any, the only new podcast I've been listening to is a podcast uh, called Criminal. Criminal. Uh, yeah, where uh, it's just, it's kind of like, I want to say This American Life has some affiliation with it in regards to either like production or whatever, like same premise of This American Life where it's like they just take one theme and then Mm -hmm. they either bring multiple stories or one story. Um, But yeah, this is just on crime and like sometimes it's, you know. Well produced. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, it's, I I want to say it's on WNYC, so it's, you know, public radio stuff. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's cool. They only have like six or seven episodes. Okay, so Um, it's new. It's right, yeah. I mean, month and a half or so. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love love that show. I'm trying to think of some of the other uh, regular. There's not there's nothing new that isn't. But it, it is interesting to watch podcasts. Basically, people just people don't market themselves as podcasts anymore. They just market themselves as like oh online radio. Really? Like that's kind of the. I mean, for especially just because music podcasting is becoming more prevalent within the context of like specific musical genres or whatever mm-hmm. um so people yeah are just kind of like oh like don't you know don't you don't need to describe it as a podcast just like on-demand radio yeah so anyways any any podcasts you've tripped on that you need to spread to the world i've got three okay i'm very excited about criminal uh the first one is a whenever this guy feels like it um <laughs> sort of current events show oh okay and it is the host of hardcore history Oh, Another, yes. A previous... Dan Carlin. Scott Arnold recommendation. Yes. Have you heard this? Common Sense? Yeah. Dan Carlin? Uh-huh. It's awesome. It's good. So he just talks for an hour about 
whatever event just happened. Right. So Snowden leaks or it's like two. It's like yeah, every two to three weeks I notice he posts. No, not that. Really? Well, it's very it's very driven by the news. So. Yeah, I know it's sporadic. Yeah, he yeah. feels like he needs to collect enough in his can mm-hmm. to talk. But um, yeah. I think that dude lives in San Diego. Dan Carlin. Yeah, Oregon. Oregon. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I knew he was on the West Coast. But. Um, okay, the next one is as a software builder. Yeah, there's a show called App Story, oh, okay. which is like a one-on-one interview with love that software creators. Yeah, and they talk about their motivation, the stuff that came across that was hard. Sure, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Like, what, has there been, I presume there's been prominent, like, people in regards to, like, either, uh, is, it, is it specifically for, like, iOS apps? Yeah, it's iOS okay. apps. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure out. No, nothing, like, no, nothing huge. It's okay. all, like, one-man shots, which is sure. even more fun. Oh, yeah. Because they catch every piece of it. Tell, tell me this, because this is something that's, that I've been having discussions on recently with either guests or, or other people. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people look at the tech community as analogous to, you know, like, they call it, like, you know, very punk rock, like, very DIY, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's the same concept where it's like, oh, yeah, start in a garage and, like, build it up and, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, the main, dif- the, like, the main point of contention that I don't agree with in that that analogy is the fact that it's like, whatever, you look at, you know, a band that's starting and, you know, whatever, when you're 15 or 16 years old, same concept, like, in the garage or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's never, I mean, granted there's more of a notion that a band can make a living off of it now mm-hmm. than 10 to 20 years ago. But to me, a mo- I, and you, you being a person that works in that community can correct me if I'm wrong, but more people, especially now capital and money and buyouts, that's 100 per- I mean, not 100%, maybe a majority of the motivation why people start stuff from a technology standpoint, mm. you know, cause I mean, you'd, I, you'd like to believe that it's like, this dude that created an app that it, you know, serves a certain function and people love it. And it makes him, you know, million dollars that his, that his purpose was give added value. Like, you know, Marco Ametz, like, you know, Instant yeah. paper and all that. Like you feel like he's like, Oh, he's putting good things out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine at some point when he first started, it was like, Oh shit, I gotta make money. You know? So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know if you feel that that's such a, like the primary motivation for a lot of like startup companies and, and that sort of stuff is like, Oh, dude, I can't wait to get bought out by Yahoo or whatever. I'm sure it's situational. I know, yeah. I, I, granted, I'm painting it with a very large brush, but I just feel, I, I do feel like that comparison is 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 not one-to-one, you know? Like the comparison of, of kids starting a band and dude starting a tech company or whatever. Yeah, I think there, there's similarities. It's um, There's like a craft element where like the actual building of the product is very, it can be very like process-driven mm-hmm. and there's people that are like, Reveal rock stars, so there's people that are going to be great songwriters, people that can design well, code well. Right. Um, and then there's also like a business element where music, I think like maybe a band like Coldplay, mm-hmm. back then, I'm sure they have a general manager. Oh, 100%. Who's a, a mastermind. Yeah. Who's very business driven. The records are kind of like, oh, that's nice, but how are we going <laughs> to sure. set this up? Um, I think in software, the uh, it contrasts because primary purpose is like to sell the product. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, no, it does make sense. I was, like I said, I was just the, the main point I try to make in any time I have these conversations in regards to that. If someone does bring it up, like mm-hmm. I don't make a point to be like, fuck you, you shouldn't even compare those two. Like yeah. music is true and tech is terrible. Like I don't, that's not where I'm coming from, but it's just like the, the conception of the way that people present themselves of like the, you know, DIY startup. Like that's such a, 
that's such a, a cliche at this point. Yeah, I think the the better comparison would be like games. Sure. Because games have like a very clear artistic. Yeah. Element. Component. Sure. Yeah. So there's like guys that are probably going to be 100 percent focused just on right you know, the art of the game and the story. Yeah. No, that's 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 true. But yeah, I just I had to since you have you live. You've had a foot in both worlds. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, my last podcast recommendation. Yes. Well, let me ask you first. Did you catch um, Soccer Fever? More, more so. Than, I mean, yes. There are these two guys on Grantland. Oh, yes. Are you familiar? I'm Men in Blazers? Yes. I don't watch the show, no. Okay. I heard Eric's great, though. It's incredible. Okay. It's uh, two... English dudes, right? Two, yeah. Footy. Yeah, yeah they won. Football. Right. They live in New York, so they're pretty much Americans. Oh, okay. And they... they one of them worked for the, the ESPN series where they followed the national team around. Oh, okay. Like a filmmaker. And the other one's, um, he does stuff in movies. And, but they both English and they love soccer and they're really funny. That's awesome. And uh, every night after the, the World Cup, they, they would go in their little room and they'd talk about all the games. And, oh, that's cool. You love it. That's good. That's I mean, I, I, I definitely, I'm going to be interested when the World Cup comes back again, but I'm never, I'm, I, I don't predict i'm ever going to take a deep dive into knowing the uh, individual members of the teams and stuff like that and tim howard besides tim howard hero <laughs> right but yeah i mean it's like people you know the one or two it, to me it strikes me as like the olympics or my yeah. passing interest in the olympics where it's just like oh yeah you'll have the stories that bubble up and you'll have to be like oh that's cool like the two people that what's paul on up to? right like <laughs> subway yeah subway cashing in on the endorsements maybe but yeah so i think i think that's where my engagement with soccer is going to be it's yeah. like oh yeah that like i did watch it's like the, the world cup final like i watched mm-hmm. like the last whatever you know 15 20 minutes of it mm-hmm. i was like that was cool yeah it's a great goal but i that was it my family loves like premier league and all that stuff so, okay yeah, i've been adopted into that. right that's it for podcasts okay um have you read any good books recently i have not i there's no books that i'm i'm partaking in currently I do find it interesting. Did you did you end up reading that uh, Pitchfork review that I gave you? Like, did you look at it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it so interesting because there's so many of these like boutique operations that are popping up now in regards to like the print media. Like, so Pitchfork obviously has their own magazine now. That Kindling Quarterly that you got me. Um, What's that? That was the the father like the. Oh, do you still get it? I do. I resubscribe. How often does that come? Uh, quarterly. So yeah, that magazine is specifically focused on like, you know, fatherhood and like the modern father and that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. all painted from a very like artistic background um, as far as the people that they cover in the magazine. And then I also tripped across and something I subscribed to, there's this thing called Mockingbird Quarterly, again, uh, quarterly, but it's, uh, it's based off a Christian ministry, like mm-hmm. based out of North Carolina. And so they're taking pop culture stuff, either having some sort of spiritual twist or you know discussion point or whatever um so it's like <clears throat> they talked to in the most recent issue they talked about true detective and mm. the um analogies that are played out in regards to like scripture and that sort of stuff so i'm just like it blows my mind that there is enough of an interest for this random ministry in north carolina that doesn't necessarily seem to be that large to be doing this like print component to their ministry. Is yeah. it like a nice magazine? <clears throat> it's exactly the same as like Kindling Quarterly. It, I mean, it's like hardbound. I mean, well, I get, well, I don't know. I don't know the appropriate terminology, but it's, right. you know, perfect bind. Stock, perfect. perfect bind, yeah, soft bind, whatever. But it's a beautiful publication. So I'm just really interested to see because there, there, there is a thought process now where people are like, hey, if I'm able to get 200 people to quote unquote subscribe to this thing, 
Mm-hmm. That'll you know that'll pay for it in and of itself, and these people will have a very highly specific curated experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what like a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but these niches niches of people are looking for. It's just really interesting to see. I mean, in similar way, it's like you know what, like you know how Monocle still exists, and like all these other you know very um, high minded intellectual uh, compendiums exist, mm-hmm. where it's like, I mean, that's a different example because you're having old people who don't like the internet right but yeah i don't know if you've noticed anything out like there's one i get for design people um, is it a quarterly thing as well yeah um, <clears throat> i don't know how, yeah twice a year maybe like yeah. yeah obviously it's made a huge impact on you yeah i really do like it oh, <laughs> <I can find it. laughs> bugs yes but you tell me let me tell you if you're laying on the beach you need something to read good summer read good summer read there's a book called The Knowledge by Lewis Darntell. Okay. Dar- Darknell. The premise of this book is society has been wiped out. You are here. There's people, but you need to organize them. Okay. And this book goes through how you would rebuild a society, where you'd do it. You'd be in charge. Oh, like a practical... Yeah, it's like it's very much like, wow. this is what I would do. This is why I would do it. These are all the, these are the alternatives. This is why those are flawed. Interesting. It's, it's awesome. That's so. It's, that's, like, it's really fun. That's rad. Because you you read World War Z, right? Yeah. Like, I liked that book because it, it was obvious. It's like you felt like it was a. It wasn't a practical guide, but it was like these are. This is a real experience. This is what a true human would do mm-hmm. in that experience. This book is the aftermath of World War Z, but uh-huh. they explicitly say the world as you know it has ended. We don't know why. Right. This started. Here's the pivot. Yeah. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely check that. The other book is an older book. It's called The <clears throat> Professor and the Mad Men. Hmm, not familiar. It's about the creation of the Oxford Dictionary. Okay. So it sounds like... You know, right, painfully boring. Painfully, sure. painfully boring. Figuring out how words work. Right. Um, but the... It's, it's not a surprise because it's in the first couple chapters. But it turns out that the... They were collaborating over mail. Two guys to make it. One guy was like a um, senior well-known professor at Oxford and the other guy who he didn't know was actually in jail. Okay. He's like an insane asylum uh-huh. and they were collaborating forever <clears throat> and they'd never met and they didn't know what each other did. I love that. Just like those notions of like how things got put together. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And you'd have to, you're like, I gotta wait two or three weeks to receive this next correspondence from this person before I do anything else. Yeah. And you, you wonder where it's just like, I mean, it seemed like people were, like, obviously not multitasking as much, but then at the same time, you were like, if this was, like, your profession, where it's like you were you were putting something together, and you mm-hmm. had to, like, there was a lot of waiting around, like, mm-hmm. would you feel your time with otherwise? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I mean, it's such a notion that it's difficult, like, reading in books, you're like, oh, like, that makes sense for that time, but then, yeah, you just are like, we have no concept of that. We have no idea how that would work. Yeah, I think about it a lot. When I was a kid, and I was, I don't know, at a movie, right. at a mall, mm-hmm. and my dad needed to pick me up. We had to agree that oh, we were totally. going to meet somewhere at a certain time, Yep. and I needed to be there. Of course. And then I got a pager. Game changer. Game changer. And then I got a cell phone so I could play Stink. Of course. And T9 then, texting, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, yeah, it's just a strange concept, the, the evolution of, and how quickly, like, we adapt from that perspective too, where mm-hmm. it's like we, as we were growing up, didn't, once we got that device or that thing that made it easier for logistics and coordination, mm-hmm. 
like we didn't react like oh like I don't know I don't know if this can work like we immediately adapted it. Yeah, and then if it if it goes out, you're like oh totally. How did I exist before this? Right. I don't get any service here. How do I get a phone number? Right. You have no idea. It's it's. Let me print out the directions. How can I do that? Right. Yeah, Nick. Totally. Like it, I remember on like I think it was 2000, 2004 or so were a band that I signed to Century Media. They were on their first West Coast tour, and I went with them for the first couple of days, Boss Casket. And I went with them for the first couple of days, and they didn't have an atlas. Ugh. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, you need to have an atlas. And like, mm. they, uh, yeah, because I think they just turned out MapQuest directions. And I was like, dude, that could lead you somewhere where you have no idea where you're going. Yeah. And, but it, at that, I felt like that was an inflection point on like the way that touring was going to work from that point on. Mm-hmm. Where it was How like, do they do it now? Oh, I mean, just, oh, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has a tour book and, you know, I mean, a tour book that is like completely down to the nail. And then, yeah, they're just using their phones. I remember how luxurious it was when it was like 2007 and would wake up in a certain city and be like, man, I really want bagels now. Mm-hmm. And then finding a bagel shop. You have to drive around. No, but I mean, we were typing in our oh, phones. Oh. At that, like we had smartphones Got at that it. point. And so, but it was just, yeah, before it'd be like, God, I hope we see something good off the side of the freeway. Or I hope we see something good on the way to the freeway. Or the person we stay with will be able to recommend something good. Yeah. How did, how did bigger bands handle cash? Because I assume most of the transactions were cash. Yeah. Or is that not true anymore? No. no. Well, I mean, I think now there's probably a shift in it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has a square unit or some version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're just making money every day. Yeah, they're just making deposits. I mean, that's like kind of part of the, uh, the merch manager's job to... Mm-hmm either be able to send the money to the appropriate person um, or like the, just do like weekly cash drops or that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, especially from like an international, I mean, internationally, I have no idea how that would work. Yeah. Um, but from a U.S. standpoint, there's probably, I mean, bands, bands of a large enough level undoubtedly are banking with a large institution rather than just like, oh, here's my local credit union. Yeah. You know? Anything else, Ray? No, man. I think we did this. We did the damn thing, Scott. Good job. All right. Yeah. <laughs>